and welcome back to the FPL Lounge. We are here back to review game week 25, which was just a double for two teams, just concluded Leeds and Southampton. My name is Chris and I'm joined as ever by the Aston Villa physio to my rest of the uh, rest of the FPL world. It's Andy Case. Andy, I'm describing you as the FPL physio because you're always one step ahead. You know exactly what's going on in terms of FPL and you would have been wise enough to uh, transfer Jack. Jack Grealish out, out of your team because you know you, 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 you're well on the inside there, whereas you know, everyone else is just uh, just just wait, waiting around getting some pretty unexpected news. But it's uh, it's I guess you know news to rock the FPL universe is perhaps a, a bit strong, but um, it does seem to be that there's kind of finally an appreciation from actual managers that um, that, that fantasy is kind of a big deal to people and and, and, to, and to fans. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, to the point. Well, I guess actually, I actually know. I, I actually don't think they care actually about fantasy because uh, it's more so just about the team news leak giving the adv- opponents an advantage, right? Um, because yeah, it it shows that it means something in the sense that like obviously you're saying that the players themselves and the physios and the staff and everyone play it. But we've we've heard in the last couple of days that that Villa actually now are banning their players from playing FPL. Because of because of what's happened this weekend, and Rogers uh, sort of alluding in his press to the fact in his press conference that he knew 24 hours before the game that it was possible that Grealish. He said he it wasn't going to take anything for granted, obviously, um, but but he there was this suspicion that Grealish wasn't going to play, and it's all come from. He didn't say it outright like this, but the media have picked it up that it's all come from this um, from, from FPL and this Twitter account that that automatically sort of tweets out whenever a, a member of staff uh, has has um or a player from a team has has transferred in or out someone from their from their own team so interesting yeah like, like i don't like i say i don't think it's that they actually now suddenly care about fpl they um they uh it's more so them not wanting to give them a competitive the other team a competitive advantage on the field but still interesting yeah I did see a tweet actually, and we were giving this guy plenty, plenty of pop already this year. But I did see a tweet from from Ben Krellin that was uh, an acknowledgement that um, the Premier League itself is kind of, kind of finally starting to acknowledge its own fantasy game, um, because obviously the, the the announcement for for game which fixtures are when in, in game week 26 came just after the game week 25 deadline. It was I think it was embargoed for for like a minute after the deadline, which you know is 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 uh, incredibly annoying for FPL managers, but it is obviously levels the playing field somewhat. Um, and and yeah, so it's interesting that that the Premier League at least are starting to take notice. And yeah, you you got to wonder how. Um, how how Premier League managers will perhaps you know, start to start to think about this, uh, especially in terms of you know te- team news leaks and, and things like that, because um, you know I think the Premier League have, or at least FPL have taken advantage of, of this in recent years. You know they've had a lot of interviews with Premier League players about their fantasy teams and things like that, and you know who, who they like to like to have. I think that you know Patrick Patrick Bamford's a keen player, and I think there's rumours that Jamie Vardy just captains himself every week, which you know given his record over the last eight or nine years. I don't think you can exactly blame him. Um, but yeah, I guess you, you've got to wonder what kind of impact this could have on uh, on on some of the content maybe that FPL producing with, with Premier League players. Not that well, that's all that important, but but still interesting to note none, nonetheless. Well, well not, 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 not just in terms of Premier with uh, Premier League players, though, just more, more widely. I mean, there's always been a suspicion that one day the Premier League will move to a Netflix-style um, model for their coverage of games more generally, right? And that you'll stream them directly from the Premier League them, themselves for a for a monthly subscription. And I, so, therefore, that will mean there is probably a Premier League channel, uh, which of which they will want 
content outside the game for almost 24 hours sort of streaming service so you think then that there will be space which they'll be looking to fill and with fantasy being so popular and played by so many now and getting it more into like the mainstream kind of media like you say uh it would be it would potentially could be a place for much more wide and broad um F- fpl content obviously they have their their own sort of podcast and stuff but it could it could become um broader than that and you you yourself have pointed out on this podcast many a time about how uh at the nfl in particular deal and just i suppose this is true of most american sports i imagine deals with fantasy quite differently and looks to engage the the um the viewer um more sort of deliberately in in the kind of fantasy game and, and like coverage and numbers and stuff like you and i watch red zone a lot and consistently on like the ticker it talks about the points the leading point scorers in different positions and stuff in each fantasy and that's just like a fantasy sort of aspect for the nfl and that's like a routine part of their broadcast but yeah just to circle back to something you said before that you say it's annoying for fpl managers but at, it is annoying from baby like you and I and others who are trying to prepare for their double game week 26 teams ahead of 25. But actually the reason I think they've done that embargo is because it often annoys a large following of FPL managers in Asia, particularly because their time zones are ahead when stuff gets announced a couple of hours or whatever before a game week deadline, because they're often like asleep or whatever. It's in the middle of the night for them. And so the, ma- the managers in the West get, um, kind of an advantage over them there and then price moves happen whilst they've been asleep and it makes them quite unhappy and it's obviously quite a lucrative and engaged market in in, in Asia there so they don't want to they don't want that imbalance and that un, unfairness so I think yeah it's um it's an interesting one and just to, and along with this this instance which is a quite an, a new development to do something like this have an embargoed you've never seen them embargo the fixtures like this for after a game week deadline look like a very deliberate move like you say because it was one minute after but we saw maybe an inkling towards it earlier in the season with the move of the of the game week deadline itself we used to always be 60 minutes before the first kickoff didn't it and this year because they start because that's when team sheets are handed in you know, if someone, if, if a team happened to give it in, you know, an hour and five minutes before kickoff, then someone somewhere, a journalist or whatever, might be able to tweet out the team before the hour before kickoff, if you see what I mean, which therefore meant people could quickly be scrabbling around changing players with a definite knowledge of the t- of the team that was going to start. And so to avoid any of that, again, they pushed it back by half an hour. So it's always 90 minutes before the first kickoff now. So just that, I think that's another not like look towards the fact that they they're trying to level the playing field for people and take fpl more seriously yeah i think i think we're all pro um leveling the playing field somewhat even though i'm sure many fpl users uh, particularly those on those on twitter some of the more vocal ones might be uh, slightly slightly annoyed that, that, that their advantages might be chipping away slightly anyway uh, let's let's crack on with our review show which as ever we'll start with uh, by reviewing our players on the radar which obviously was was heavily influenced by by the double game week for Leeds and Southampton this week as always we've got a top differential and a high-end player who didn't perform particularly well in this game week in our segment we like to call blankety blank we'll review our honey traps which didn't go particularly well for Andy or I this week and then we'll finish off with a captaincy review before looking ahead to those uh, aforementioned game week 26 double game week 26 confirmed fixtures um but Andy let's start then I think probably with uh with with Leeds United and the assets that we tipped up there we didn't really mention Patrick Bamford because he's so high owned but two others um Rafinha and, and Stuart Dallas I mean one um, showed some flashes in the first game, but but Dallas in particular really left it until tonight's game 
um, to, to to really kind of shine and, and, and reward his ownership. But um, I guess Rafinha is really going to kind of grab the kind of the headlines from in this game week just because, um, it, you know, it, even though it did transfer into points, just watching the game, the eye test, he looked pretty pretty unplayable. Probably one of the signings of the season. Yeah, well, he's I don't know about signs of the season. That that's a pretty bold shout. But yeah, like on the eye in both games, I didn't watch much. I only watched a bit of the second game and not really much of the first game either. But by by all accounts, recently, generally, and in these last couple of games, he's 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 really caught the eye for people. Um, I'm not I'm not sure whether we we definitely talked about a template triple Villa, and I can't remember whether it was on the pod or not that we talked about. There's essentially almost a, a, if you've got three leads, there's a template triple leads, isn't there? Uh, and if you've only got two, you've probably got two of these three. But it's Rafinha, Dallas, and and Bamford, uh, a striker, a midfielder, and a and a, and a defender. And um, yeah, they they're all they're all they've all got your points this this game week and there's actually a fair few on that triple up i think I've, at least if you <laughs> at least if fbl twitter's anything to believe uh, be believed and um they they they've all kind of come good and, and done the things we've seen them all three do respectively uh, over the course of this season so um just typical paddy bamford score score in one and blank in one that's almost been his whole season but that very reason that you knew he had two bites the cherry was the reason he was in so many teams and uh yeah just just i suppose nice nice when things go how you kind of suspect they will do yeah yeah absolutely i think just a few stats just to highlight that i mean Rafinha had the highest goal involvement among all midfielders um, this game week, but he actually had it. If you'd have taken tonight's match out, he would have still had it just over the one, um, just over the one game against Wolves, and Leeds, Leeds didn't score in that game. So it just kind of shows how influential he's been. Also ended up with two bonus points in a defeat, which is pretty rare for for a midfielder, um, especially considering Leeds didn't score in that one. And then obviously, you know, Stuart Dallas. I think he's become the highest scoring uh, in terms of just goals defender uh, in FPL or in the Premier League this year and um, obviously also a, 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 a fairly rare clean sheet for Leeds tonight and um, helped Dallas get 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 three bonus points so yeah pretty decent all round I mean flipping over to Southampton um, they you know uh, I mean I'm seeing some um, some chat from Southampton fans on BBC live text tonight Andy that's just kind of saying that that, that they're good enough to or not good enough to stay stay in the Premier League and that Hassan Hussle's taking them down I mean that seems ludicrous to me um but you know fulham aren't doing too badly you would still think that there are um you know there's, there's a worse team in, in those kind of in the relegation battle than southampton but um you know danny ings who who we spoke about at 8.4 million i think we were a bit bit conservative about his price but obviously you know no uh, no returns here and didn't didn't start against leeds tonight um james will prowse you know probably did have some some decent chances possibly to get an assist particularly with, with his excellent delivery that we've spoken about before and, and again possibly tonight with the amount of goals that Leeds are conceded from set pieces but 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 nothing from him and I think we spoke about Vestergaard as well maybe being being a possible option but one that we weren't particularly keen on but again obviously nothing nothing from him either so so yeah I mean Southampton assets in general and yeah, I guess going forward I think they've got some pretty nasty fixtures coming up and You'd, if you've got some, you'd be looking to to possibly get off them now. Although, have they got? I think they may have. May, do they double next week, or have they got doubles coming up? Um, they don't double in twenty six, but they double in twenty seven. So yeah, but obviously they, they don't play in twenty nine either. They will blank. Look, I, I'm reluctant to spend as much time on on Southampton assets as 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 on Leeds, just simply because we, although we're going, we did mention them on the radar. We were way way. It was just because of the fact they had that double again. Without us being, I guess, too clever, these have t- these players have turned out how we said. You know, Ings, we talked about 
uh, he's a great finisher, but Southampton have been patchy in terms of their creativity, and that, that is kind of what, what happened a bit. Um, we, we definitely were not say, suggesting, really, James Ward-Prowse or Vestergaard. You're right that we did sort of mention them maybe on the fringes if you were going to go for a punt or something. And I saw that Ward-Prowse, uh, I, I didn't see it in the game, but only on, on the live text, that apparently he almost scored from a corner in this game. Just absolute classic James Ward-Prowse. That would, that would be for Southampton to barely do anything but him to whip one in from a corner. But but no, I mean, obviously, I, th- I think it's harsh of their fans to be potentially uh, calling for them to go down. I think that they are a, v- a very good team and in some games have have looked really good, but just are too patchy and inconsistent for them to be kind of a, a permanent sort of threat towards the upper end of the table. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, there, there's a chance that they could feel a little bit hard done by in terms of VAR t- tonight. And I think and possibly some refereeing decisions didn't didn't, didn't go their way. Um, but but yeah, I think and, and I think some of those occasions possibly would have ended up benefiting Ward Prowse either with an assist or potentially him taking a penalty that Ings wasn't on the pitch for. But um, but 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 you know, I guess uh, it's it's a level playing field for, for all teams in, in terms of that. So, so yeah, and yeah, as we've said, particularly with Ward Prowse, you know, his uh, his his underlying numbers aren't something to be be to be relied on, and that's kind of come come true in the last couple for Southampton. Um, just for on, just on, for clarity. Just for clarity, I want I want to have on record that I do not in any way think they were lucky in terms of VAR in this game. Uh, unlucky, sorry. Uh, there was absolutely no way that was a penalty. They, if anything, they should have got even further punishment, and and the, and the player should have got booked. Unless you're talking about a different thing. Well, I think I think there was, there was possibly an occasion where they looked to take a quick free kick and scored from that. But Mario said that, or the referee said that he'd, he'd blown his whistle or hadn't allowed him to take the free kick quickly or something like that but it, it, perhaps it seems seemed a little harsh on on that one um but yeah either way and that, that would have been a ward prowse assist so so yeah i mean yeah six 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 and two threes ultimately but um but yeah so, you know I, it, it, it can fall the other way sometimes right and you know, i guess you know VAR, var is trying to trying to stamp that out um and yeah i agree with you it wasn't a penalty but um but yeah you know i think things can things can uh Stranger things can happen. Um, let's move on to to, to an, I guess another team really that we were speaking about, just based on based on their fixtures, and and that's Leicester. Um, you know, they had another decent performance against another sort of out of sorts Aston Villa side. Um, Harvey Barnes looking particularly good again uh, in terms of points, but Leicester still aren't creating loads, Andy, which might make buyers beware uh, for those that are looking to get them in. Yeah, it's it is an odd one, and and obviously I, I I me and you almost every weekend now. So someone he's not on the radar, but someone like Madison as well, having the perpetual back and forth because of our, uh, you know, having him on the stats versus eye test and not really considering him as a, as an option mainly, obviously down to to me, I think, um, you know, there. But yeah, I mean, but, we've had a few stats for the eye test this year where you know Stuart Dallas being one of them and James Madison being another one where I've definitely been proven right in the end. So we say proven right, but. One, during the show on Madison, at least, you said you agreed with me. And then two, you could have put him in your team if you disagreed. So you, you're not getting proven right on anything because you haven't put him in your team. So you just wanted to get a little dig in about Stuart Dallas, which was, you know, not connected. So let's move on from that. We're talking about Leicester assets. And my, my point there really was to kind of agree with what you were saying that, yeah, they look good on the eye. Madison keeps returning, um, uh, you know, and, and Barnes obviously is the one who was on the radar, but they, but you're right. They, they're not really creating a great deal of XG and then they're not looking necessarily that kind of creative. So it is a bit of an odd one, but I guess, I, I guess the, the difference would be that Barnes is just looking so sort of hot in terms of form on the ball. Like it just, it, everything he's touching is turning to gold at the moment. So he is one 
excuse me that particularly interests me yeah yeah i think i mean i guess while they're not creating loads jamie vardy obviously is considerably more expensive but there is a bit of a dearth of of good striking options i mean without going in you know deep diving into him too much he's another player that sort of kind of always outperformed xg and if he was to start doing that again then he you'd think he could be a pretty good option but um i guess poss- possibly andy although Leicester have some good fixtures in terms of like their opposition coming up um maybe they're sort of one to be aware of obviously that i don't think they they double next week do they or um, again am, am i am i getting these Leicester, wrong? Leicester do double no, i'm getting these horribly wrong <laughs> edit it out we'll have to edit it out <laughs> now we'll just leave it in and you're wrong great Right stuff. So I guess you know perhaps Vardy then could be an option if 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 managers do have the funds. I mean it seems to be a bit of a reach for for Kane possibly ahead of ahead of Spurs' fixtures coming up. But 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 why not Vardy? He's he's, he's a bit cheaper. And if Leicester are gonna um, keep sort of defying the numbers, then would he be he be worth a shout? I suppose maybe he uh, Vardy is the classic uh, XG. Um defier in in he's he's the king of that isn't he so if Leicester are are doing that more as a team then then he he would only be even more so uh potentially mate uh in in the points and in in the goals and stuff yeah so I mean I don't know I I find it really tricky to um uh, the I guess this is maybe my personality more so or my my way of thinking at least like when that when that is isn't the numbers there other than maybe Vardy who's proven it over a long period of time I do I do sort of struggle to um to to go with just a um, form or a, a, an eye test on on its own so I I still have a little bit of reluctancy with um. Leicester assets generally, like I say, I'd, I'd, I'd lean to well, Barnes has the best underlying numbers and looks the best on the eye. So if it was going to be one for me, probably him. And I think still, still the cheapest of, of, of the bunch as well. Although I think he's getting closer to Madison in terms of price. Um, let's move on to Aston Villa and, and Ollie Watkins in particular. I mean, put this very simply to you. Should Villa or owners of Villa assets other than Jack Grealish, be concerned about Villa's form because they are creating very little. I mean, I've used the phrase here, which is laid another egg, which I think you know, possibly is just a colloquialism that only we will understand. But they're just not really doing anything and they have good fixtures coming up. So there'd be a team to to possibly invest in with, with, with doubles and, and some favourable matches. But, um, but if they're not going to perform, then it's a bit of a risk, right? I guess, I mean, to the point we've just made about... Um about Leicester Villa almost well Villa created more than Leicester in this game so you know they did create I think it was like about 1.5 1.6 something like that xg so it's obviously not amazing it's not reaching the heights that they have reached in in previous years but Leicester aren't haven't been a bad defense this year they've kept a a reasonable number of clean sheets and Villa still created a a bit a a reasonable amount against them so I mean granted they they did not look good against Brighton and I think am I I haunted by that Brighton appearance with like a 0.2 xg over the over the course of the game I mean again single game xg we don't particularly like but we do have to naturally highlight it I think in some of these some of these review shows but but yeah, like across those two games and without Grealish going forward, a bit, bit of a concern. Yeah, possibly. I mean, particularly without Grealish going forward because he has been such like a creative force for them. But I think where, where you and where potentially our listeners might be able to kind of use what we're saying, but help, but 
as helpful information but also use some of their own opinions to make some of their own decisions on this is that you and i a fault i guess with us here and maybe you could you could uh, i'm speaking unfairly on your behalf but for me at least i i haven't watched as much of them recently so your as i analysis here is going a lot off the the xg numbers frankly and particularly with that brighton game so uh, there sometimes there can be other reasons why chances that could be chances you know when someone's just offside but they would have had a fantastic opportunity had they been like a hair's breadth further back or whatever little things like that when actually that would have been like a a goal if it wasn't for a, a, a small thing then can 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 skew what your opinion you know change the narrative about what was created and what wasn't created and and that type of thing so um there, there could be other factors and and their um their underlying numbers when you go further back aren't like catastrophic they're sort of mid-table lower half um but so which is you know at the start in the first half of the season they were they were like top half and creating absolutely loads so it is a drop off but whether it's it, yeah it's it's not as catastrophic as that brighton game made it made it look sort of to be but then the irony is that that grealish was playing in that game and then he wasn't playing in the game where they've created more recently so i i, I don't know it, it, he has been such a force from this season it maybe maybe it is a worry but then they created a bit in this game against leicester without him so i think it's one of those where uh, unfortunately, going into a double game week, you're now less sure. But we, if he is out for the, the next two or three, it just be kind of it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for them. Absolutely. And then just a final word on on Josh Madger, who definitely was a a, a bit of a, a bit of a punt to keep an eye on. Um, obviously had Sheffield United this week and didn't look particularly great. I don't think created uh, created a lot and, and 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 didn't have a very high xG. I wonder if you perhaps suffered playing against three centre backs. Um, but I think. It, you know, for us, he's just a player maybe to keep a bit of an eye on in terms of his fixtures again, because he's one of the, one of a few that, um, that 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 will double in in 26, but also will play in the blank 2029. 20, so, you know, if you're looking for depending on, on on your strategy, he might be might be a guy to uh, to, to think about at least for the double and and with that insurance for game week 29 too. Although Fulham do have pretty tough fixtures in 27 and 28, um, but Madge's performance a few weeks back against Everton. Um, if, you know, if he can replicate that, then then he could be be a pretty good option. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's it's um the the two things are like, is he getting in good positions and is he finishing right? So we haven't seen a lot of it, of, of what we have seen when he's been in good positions. His finishes have been good, but that's a very small sample size, right? He's scored the goals he's needed to, albeit from easy positions, right? The the thing we are less sure about is can Fulham consistently enough give him chances in those good positions and and that's the thing that's been lacking in in the more recent games hasn't it so we would need to or certainly i would want to before i thought about bringing him in see him get opportunities more often and how he does with them to be able to kind of make a call on that and i I realized i didn't actually specifically talk about watkins even though you asked me specifically about him and i guess that was the difference with him in that he was consistently getting into the positions and helping with assists as well so you were kind of feeling like it was going to be just a matter of time before the kind of goals came for him and that was what happened and and now as we just mentioned with the creativity kind of faltering and, and no grealish that it seems that is having a little bit of an impact on him, but um, it's uncertain what that means kind of more longer term. Absolutely. Let's move on to blankety blank, where we pick a, a high-owned player who blanked this week and give them a bit of a bit of an idiot of the week crown. Um, I mean, we had quite a few to choose from this week, Andy. Not, not loads of high-owned players um, return this week, but we're going to go with, with Son. And I guess this is 
perhaps a bit more indicative of Tottenham's recent performances and, and the fact that, you know, Son, who was so valuable earlier in the year, um, you know, isn't really justifying his price tag at the minute. 51% owned, so you know, half of managers own him, uh, but just two points this this week against West Ham. Um, you know, Tottenham, again, have some OK fixtures coming up. And I think you, know, you said this to me before the pod, um, both Aston Villa and Tottenham have some good fixtures, have potentially more than one uh, double in, in in the next few game weeks, but they're both kind of doubts over over both of their performances at the moment, and and, and you know with managers with a lot, a lot of money tied up in Son might be uh, might be a little bit concerned. Well, yeah, we um, a few weeks back we we had a segment where we were discussing the you know premium assets in midfield, particularly versus other ones generally, and and we we mentioned Sterling, Fernandez, Salah, um, Son, and they'd kind of all their underlying numbers were still looking good, although they weren't necessarily all returning. But there is a significant drop off with with Son compared to the others um, in 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 recent game weeks. So in the last four game weeks, Sterling, Bruno, and Salah are all still in the top five of midfielders for expected goal involvement. Whereas Son, who was like, I think he was actually even first or second when we were having, when we were discussing that segment a few weeks ago, has absolutely plummeted. I mean, he's not even on the page I'm looking at at the moment. He must be 20th, 30th, 40th, something like that. And his expected goal involvement is 0.88 over the last four game weeks. So some of those with, with Kane and some of those not, but still like, it, it, that's just atrocious really. Like, yeah, 0.88 expected goal involvement over four game weeks for him. Um, it's a it's a big big drop off, and to either there was a lot of managers, as you mentioned, having their faith in him this game week, so fully deserving of 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 the kind of blankety blank award I think this week, and and yeah, Tottenham's creativity and goals and everything, um, you know, goal threat more generally, massively drying up in recent times, and they're coming under a lot of criticism. So it, it's I think important for us to highlight Tottenham and Son here. Yeah, absolutely. And a few honourable mentions just to quickly run through. I mean, I guess Mo Salah um, against Everton, you know, we've had, we could have, could have mentioned Salah a number of weeks um, this season, but still got a high ownership of 42% and, and, and just two points. Um, Martinez and Grealish, both, both at Villa. I mean, I feel sorry ever mentioning a goalkeeper in this because all they have to do is, um, you know, concede one goal, which could... You know, been, have nothing to do with them, and, and they could they could be they could be picked here. But there aren't that many high-owned goalkeepers, and therefore, when Martinez doesn't um, you know, doesn't doesn't keep a clean sheet, or doesn't get loads of save points, or doesn't get a bonus, then it, it does seem a bit rare this season. On 37%, um, Grealish, obviously aforementioned, was out and an unexpected um, absentee, and then Gundogan and Kane also um, you know, also blanking. Um, but I guess you know got to forgive Gundogan because of his good weeks recently and, and Kane's kind of you know for the, exactly the same reasons as Son but he's got about half of his ownership Andy well yeah exactly Gundogan if Grealish is injured Gundogan you're not going to complain at having him in your team uh, maybe if you only brought him in this week you might do but uh, if you've brought him in at any point over the last sort of 10 game weeks before then you, you, you can't be uh, you can't be having to go at him and like you say yeah Kane frustrating that he's blanked but significantly worse um, <laughs> that Son has given he, he's much more high, highly owned yeah Top differential was a bit of an interesting one this week, just because there weren't that many players to go go into double figures, and, and even fewer, obviously, that that are low owned. We don't have a have a threshold, but generally they're kind of under five percent. I think we've broken that rule once or twice. Um, but we're going to highlight a player who 
possibly, for a reason that we've that we mentioned with Josh Magic, could possibly end up on our game week twenty six radar. Um, and that's Adam Oda-Lookman. He got 11 points this week and is just owned by 1.4%. I think we've been reluctant to talk about Lookman loads because Fulham don't create a lot. But equally, we've mentioned uh, so many budget mid- midfielders this season. And Lookman is is, is, is is just another one in that category. But with Fulham's fixtures, Andy, he could be an option going forward. And, and at the same time, you know, with, with, in the rare times that Fulham do create um, chances, he does seem to be quite heavily involved. Yeah, we we mentioned him. I think he did make an appearance on the radar earlier in the season, and um, he because he sort of looked he 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 looked really lively for Fulham even when they weren't defending well. And now they've kind of added that bit to their game. Um, you know, obviously they look a bit more of a complete team, and they are starting to make a run, aren't they, on getting out of that relegation zone? And he, like you say, he still does look to be kind of quite key involved in all the good stuff they do. Or despite the fact, as you say, that Fulham don't create a great deal, that, you know, with that table in front of me that I just mentioned regarding Son of uh, midfielders expected goal involvement over the last four game weeks, Lookman has actually managed to sneak himself into the top 10 of that table. So I guess nothing wild, but like you say, he's only cost 5 million and he's so granted there are a lot of midfielders in that five six million pound range that we've talked about this season but it's just making the point really that he he's showing reasonable under underlying underlying numbers there and and yeah continues to look good uh, on the eye test as well it isn't just just about that that expected goal involvement so um yeah good for him if he's got like you say he's got a double that, that isn't looking so bad now palace obviously defensively haven't been great recently and um and Tottenham, yeah, we're not not amazing. So not a bad double for for Fulham. And he, despite tricky fixtures in between now and the blank game week, he does also obviously play then in in the blank. So yeah, maybe may a nice option going forward. Yeah, cheap enough to stash on your bench for those difficult fixtures, and then and then sort of you know activate um to to, to save some save some bacon if you're not free hitting in uh, in in, in twenty nine. Um, a few honourable mentions, and again we've got goalkeepers in here, which is a, which is a little bit interesting this week. But um, Rui Patricio with with eleven points, um, uh, Jordan Pickford with eleven points. He's an interesting one that we did speak about a little bit before on the pod, Andy, just because I was surprised that he was only sort of. 4.8 million um but there seems to be a, a perception sometimes that Everton don't concede loads of goals but they have conceded a fair few um over over recent game weeks and, and also Jordan Pickford is not always guaranteed to start with with Robin Olsen kind of breathing down his neck so so not as good an option as, as I thought perhaps um an hour and a half ago um Jesse Lingard is another one that I guess could have really have gotten the crown this week um just because he seems to be in such good form for West Ham um 10 points this week and a three percent ownership and and we thought we'd mention Mason Mount just 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 very briefly, just because he took Chelsea's penalty, I guess, uh, if, if he becomes their sort of permanent penalty taker, um, or possibly, uh, you know, if Jorginho isn't getting in the side, then, then, then perhaps he could be a decent option, but he's not the cheapest either, Andy, is he really? No, I mean, 6.8 isn't like, I guess, massively expensive, but as we've said, <laughs> probably becoming a bit of a trope for us this season. Um, we've said it many, many times that there, there's lots of, 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 of midfielders in, in that price range, and with the potential uh, of maybe Jota coming back as well to add another explosive option in that price range. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one for, for Mount to be getting in people's teams, I think, um, when when there could be other people they'd choose at a similar price. Absolutely. Let's move on to our honey traps, which we both took up this week, but and, and neither of us managed to... Uh, I mean, I guess, what's the analogy here? Did, 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 did we both escape from each other's respective honey traps? Yes, I, guess we did. I think, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so my one um, for for those that didn't listen to the preview or have simply and naturally and forgivingly forgotten, um, I backed Danny Ings to to prove better fantasy value in terms of points per million this game week than Patrick Bamford. Didn't come off in the ends, especially with Ings not starting against Leeds, uh, but he only ended up with three points, whereas Bamford scored, so he ended up with eight. And then Andy, uh, what was yours? I mean, yours ended up. I mean, yeah. Well, you've, you, I, I'm I'm gonna be ready just to just to maybe. Maybe go to sleep because I'm sure you prepared about a five-minute monologue about why yours was still very good, but ultimately just didn't come off. And 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 I'm just going to say now, I totally understand why you think it's good. I backed it with my own money, but the floor is yours. No, well, I mean, to be, actually, I don't really have that that much to uh, to lecture people on about it. It was. Um... Uh, it was Brighton and Fulham both to keep clean sheets. And um, after the first game, Fulham Fulham uh, played first out of those two teams and they, they kept a clean sheet. Um, so, so it was looking good. But then Brighton just had a, an absolute awful... They only conceded 0.24 XG against, uh, against them when they played Palace. And Palace managed to not only score, but score twice. I think Palace touched the ball twice in Brighton's box and scored from both those touches. So just unbelievably, I mean, it's happened so often to Brighton this season. Um, and I think, I think I said to you yesterday, well, there's, there was something like a 2% chance of Palace scoring twice um, in, in that game and like an 80% chance um, of Brighton keeping a clean sheet uh, given the the number of chances Palace created or, or the, the, the few chances they created. So, so yeah, uh, slightly unlucky maybe that it didn't come off in the end. Um, However, you know, for the very even 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 though we thought that you know we're not we're not this is not a gambling podcast, so we thought that those who do decide upon the on the prices, the probabilities, probabilities had potentially got it a little bit wrong. So we we put our money where our mouth was there. Although we did think that ultimately, uh, that the point of the of the of the trap is that there is some still like op- opportunity. It only it's only going to entice you win it in if you if there is a chance for you to to win it and even on the on the probabilities that we thought there was still like a, a good sort of 50 50 we were thinking and as it turned out it wasn't actually that far off that you know a reasonable chance of at least one of those teams not keeping a clean sheet right yeah absolutely and i think i think the, the moral of the story really here is you know gamble responsibly be gamble aware and uh, don't listen to us uh i don't know I don't know that now nah, that's the, that's a gambler's fallacy isn't it because we got massive value there so if you keep if you keep getting the value then you'll come out on top in the end yeah absolutely I mean yeah yeah let's let's not go down <laughs> go down that rabbit hole let's finish with uh, with, with our capacity picks I mean this was this was, we felt pretty I guess bullish on on Bamford being the, uh, the the key option this week even if we weren't and we we still aren't overly confident in in, in Bamford's finishing ability. I think we both felt that um, with two bites of the cherry, he was likely to 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 do enough to be ju- a justifiable captain. But also because of his high ownership, um, if you didn't put the, put the armband on him, on him then there was going to be a uh, quite uh, quite big potential um, of, of 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 having some some serious rank pain. Um, but uh, in the end, could possibly have been justified by going with someone else. And, and maybe that man was Bruno Fernandes, Andy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a good job you don't have any type of list or ever when you're talking about rank pain there. But um, you're you're right that um, that Bruno did, did ultimately end up scoring more points than him. But it is, uh, I mean, well, I don't want to get into this. It's just more maths and I've probably bored enough people with my clean sheets and XG and like, I said before about how our analysis for Villa was just based off XG rather than actually flipping watching them. So can't can't go into more maths in terms of how actually captaining. But basically, like you said, cap, it can prove 
getting more points doesn't always mean it's better for your rank because if everyone else is captain that person you're they're going to get double of those more points so you're going to be even further away from them um so so yeah it, it, it although i am i kind of in my first instance would have maybe wanted to, to captain bruno now i've seen the fact that he scored so many points actually ultimately i do think i haven't done the maths on it but i imagine that um the fact that I got Bamford in this week and I captained him probably was better for me because if I hadn't, if I'd left him um, and he did score those, those uh, whatever it's going to be in the end, 16 odd points from the people that have, that have capped for, if you did captain him, that's probably done more damage to, would have done more damage to my rank. Yeah. Sheer, sheer numbers of, of others around me with, with the armband on him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, I think, yeah, as we've always said, yeah, captaincy option, is, is, uh, captaincy propositions are just, are just week by week, and we, all, all we can ever really hope for is a return, even in, even in a double. And, and yeah, you didn't, you didn't exactly haul this week, but, um, but yeah, yeah I think a, a return is, is, is enough to kind of justify the selection. Um, but yeah, obviously, it is a bit of a shame um, that he didn't, they didn't, didn't go completely nuts, but, uh, but yeah, you know, justifiable even in a double. I guess just most the most simple way to put it is everyone's a winner. Points all round, points for you, points for you, and points for you. Both both these people we highlighted uh, returned, and I imagine the majority of, of listeners will have probably captained one or the other of them, right? So, um, yeah, points all round. Andy doing his best Oprah Winfrey impression there. He'll also be bringing you an interview with uh, Harry and Meghan next month. So, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, let's round off then with uh, a little look to he- look ahead towards the double game week 26. I mean, this is a uh, this is a big big fancy week, Andy. And without kind of you know alluding to my work schedule, I, I'm starting to get a bit concerned. That I'm not going to be able to put the prep in that, that, that I'd ordinarily like. So uh, you're definitely going to be going to be carrying the next podcast. But um, but yeah, I mean, I guess you know having so so many teams on a double uh, really does leave you know lots of options open to fancy managers, especially in terms of chips. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you're, for you, it's a, you're saying it's obviously like a it's a big week because you're thinking of your bench boost, and there might be many other managers in this position as well, and you you want to kind of get it right. Then I've seen there's a fair few potentially on wild card this week, and, and now that you know the the what the fixtures are definitely going to be, not just for this coming game week, but for other uh potential get doubles for some other teams and various other blanks and things coming up. So a lot to consider. We've got a lot more information. And um, yes, so even but on top of that, what I guess makes this even more uh, complicated and, and stuff to look out for for people going forward is that even if you haven't got any chip, you're not planning on using any chips this week, or, or certainly those that bench boost or wild card. I bet you there's loads of people be thinking about triple captain as well because it's, it's a double game week for a lot of teams. But then the, the the most obvious options might be a bit out of form. So do you save it? Is there going to be a better opportunity later in the season? That's not that's kind of uncertain as well. So that's to consider. Then take away any chips. You're still you know so you're not using bench boost. You're not using wild card. You're not using triple captain. But you're still wanting to maximise getting as many double game week players in as possible. So who's the best ones? What what are the two fixtures that team have coming up? Are they impacted by Europe? Because there's going to be some teams who are playing in Europe this week. So that maybe that affects one or maybe even both of their. Um, fixtures coming up in the ne- in the next double game week so it's one of these w- potential huge swings of the season i think this this game week there could be a really really high average next week 
or if you get a bit of rotation because of Europe or just other people, uh, you know, high-owned players for whatever reason getting a bit of a rest or just blanking, that could also swing things quite the other way if you have one or two of those like differential people that we've that we've mentioned before. So really complicated, loads of things in the mix here. The, the stuff that some we mentioned in this summary, almost in individual game weeks, all kind of colliding together. Chips, loads of doubles, Europe rotation, loads to look out for. Plenty to be excited about, and, and obviously, I feel like uh, game week twenty six. Uh, our preview for that is going to be uh, is going to be it's going to be quite a, quite a long pod, but I'm sure I'm sure there'll be plenty plenty to get through, and uh, and and yeah, plenty for us to go through beforehand in, in order to make sure it's as, as informative as possible. And um, I guess if if any listeners have any uh, early questions, Andy, or, or perhaps want to talk to us about how they did in game week twenty five, um, or maybe if they just want you to set them a maths quiz, um, how can I get in touch? Well, they can find us on Twitter or Instagram at FPL underscore lounge. And uh, yeah, math quizzes available freely. Excellent. I mean, I, I think, feel like I, I'd, I'd quite like one off you, actually. I don't think that would be... I mean, I'd, I'd be really interested just, just to go back and wonder how well I could do in like my GCSE math now. Like, you know, completely out of practice, no, no revision. I imagine it'd be quite hard. Like, yeah, well, practicing it. Without practicing, definitely not. Not just because you'd be out of practice of the stock standard stuff that you'd that you'd probably use. Um, you know that people would think of in terms of like fractions, percentages, equations, that type of thing. But also, there's loads of little things like even when I retrained as a teacher, it's things like, do you remember what a stem and leaf diagram is? and what a box and whisker plot is you might be able to have a bit of a stab but you know they're actually very simple and you'd lose silly marks by not getting them 100 percent right if you don't just know that yeah so so just by being out of practice and not not learning though remembering those things you you yeah you you maybe would wouldn't do as well yeah i remember i do, do, do remember a box and whisker plot because that, that's something to do with with quartiles and ranges and medians is the median the line in the middle of the mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Oh, here we go anyway yeah. i can i can hear all of our listeners running away um do remember to also rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from if you do want to leave us a review maybe maybe don't talk about some whisker plots um but uh, other than that andy i guess we will be back uh usual time to preview game week 26 doesn't give us quite as much time to prepare just because we're recording uh, this review show a little bit later than planned but um but yeah otherwise until thursday Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.